Hello and good afternoon to a new entry of the Morning Star Journal. My name is Tariq and this is a podcast that I created to take some time to just, you know, talk about books, movies, TV shows, games, um, anything and everything that comes to my mind. Um, I try to give you my own uh, personal insight, my retrospective things that I liked and enjoyed about these things and maybe if it interests you that you might take a time to maybe read a few of these books or play these games or watch these movies whichever and I like to talk about things that are a little bit older maybe not in the um, you know currently out or in the mainstream to um, enjoy things in the past and you know try to get people set up for you know a lot of these uh, different different things and I'm uh, today I'm actually going to be talking about um, a book series now it did come up with a new uh, entry in the book series And I'm going to be talking about the series in general. It's Red Rising by Pierce Brown. Now, before we get into that, if you can listen in the background, I have some uh, ambient, uh, what's it called, uh, space music actually going on. So a little background sounds to go with the podcast. I hope um, anyone who's listening enjoys it. And of course, if you have any suggestions on um, how this podcast sounds, um, the topics I talk about, maybe you have a few things that you'd like to recommend, or um, even suggestions on how I can make things better, any and all comments, you can leave them either on Anchor, which is the platform that I usually record on. You can also send them to me either at my email address at the Morning Star Journal, all spelled out, no spaces, so the Morning Star Journal at gmail.com. Uh, you can also leave me um, any messages on Twitter at Morning Star Journal, uh, journal spelled J R N L. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram, even though I haven't posted anything on Instagram in a while. I'm going to try to jump back on that. Um, but and uh, the other thing I was going to also talk about is recently, um, this past week, Avengers Endgame had just come out on DVD, and I have a very uh, wide and large DVD collection, and it's not uh, trimming down anytime soon. I know a lot of people prefer going digital, and even I've gotten a few digital um, movies here and there, but I still enjoy getting them on Blu-ray, so enjoy getting them on disc. So if you do have a chance, and if you haven't seen it, then again, if you're listening to my podcast, you're probably part of the, I believe, $2.8 billion it made in the box office. You've probably seen it, uh, like myself, more than once or twice. Um, So you probably already have got the DVD, but if you don't have it, I suggest go and get it, because Avengers Endgame is amazing. Now, I personally enjoy the Guardians of the Galaxy more than any other Marvel movie. That's like my favorite. Only because um, Guardians 
all their characters, the adventures, both movies hit me on a personal level. And I, every single character I, I get and I enjoy and I love their interactions, how they react to each other, how they react to their environment. It's really amazing, and I like what James Gunn done with those, but I will give it up that Avengers Endgame is is definitely the most spectacular superhero movie you're going to see. If you ever went to a comic shop, picked up one of those big Marvel events that usually happen, and just, you know, if you ever scan through the pages and see that one flash page of, like, all the heroes attacking then this movie has that more so than any other you know Avengers movie beforehand even though you do have those big shots in both Avengers and Avengers Age of Ultron and even in Civil War uh, Captain America Civil War to a bit you don't you don't know how to see that major seed in Avengers Endgame where you have just about every major and even uh, several minor um, Marvel character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe all together in one amazing shot. And like I said, the whole game, uh, whole movie Endgame is just spectacular and I definitely advise getting that. But getting to the real meat of the um, episode today, uh, like I said, I want to take a moment to talk about Red Rising. So, Red Rising is a sci-fi series written by Pierce Brown. Um, he originally came, um, the original, um, first book, Red Rising, came out in 2014, and since then, in 2014 and 2015, the sequel came out, Golden Sun, then in 2016, Morning Star, um, and that was kind of the end of the trilogy. And I'll get into the details on all those books. And it was marked, and if you look on the book covers, they mark it as the Red Rising trilogy. And then, I uh, believe uh, late in uh, 2000, around 2017, he announced a new book, um, Iron Gold, which was going to come out in 2018. And Iron Gold. Uh, if you look on the cover, said a Red Rising novel. And now they're calling it the Red Rising series. So it seems like, at least to me, it looks like the first three were meant as a trilogy, but they really kicked off. And with the um, probably amount of uh, praise and probably his editors were like, hey, we would like more, he decided to go with um, a you know, longer series and that's where we got Iron Gold from 2008, and most recently, Dark Age, which just came out about two weeks ago, which I just finished. And let me say, it is amazing, and I don't know where they're going to go from here. There's so much that happens within Dark Age that I don't know, I mean, I can kind of see how they might wrap it up in another book to make it just another trilogy, but then again, I can see where he can space it out for another two, three books, even more. But anyway, um, usually on this podcast, I try to take maybe just 
one book or one artist or what have you and try to go very you know try to get real deep into it i try to do a little bit of research to give you background and not only just my retrospective of actually experiencing material but also just a little bit of extra tidbits um maybe a couple of facts that you may not know but this time we're gonna gonna do a little overview partly because i didn't do a lot of research on it i'm going off of the memories of me reading this series and also i'm trying to get back into a more regular schedule now if you notice, this is I did come out of the podcast earlier uh, this week on last Sunday, but Saturdays are going to be the time where I'm going to try to bring out new podcasts, and around the afternoon is what I'm shooting for for the most part. And this is gonna I'm going to try to get back onto a more regular schedule. So um, do expect at least on Saturdays I should have new podcasts, and um, I should be going back to the more uh, researched and detailed ones. Now, if uh, some people would prefer this more unedited, and I do make these podcasts unedited, so I know a lot of, um, I'm saying a lot of ums and likes, but that's just... How I talk, and uh, since I am not being judged on a public speaking, I figured I could talk the way I want, and you get the real me. But anyway, um, this is a little bit more of an overview on all the books, rather than just um, to go on one. So I'd like to take the you know few moments to talk about each of the books, why I liked it, what I enjoyed about it. Now, we'll warn you, I'm going to try to keep it light on spoilers, but there may be a few spoilers here and there because you really can't go into the future books without giving away something that happens in the previous ones, but I'll try to keep that at a bare minimum. So the first book is called Red Rising. And normally I try to see the, uh, get the backs of the book so I can read you that, uh, the kind of like open narrative that they introduce. But let me see if I can bring it up. Well, listen to this and like, oh my goodness, he is not professional whatsoever. So... I'm actually going to ditch that for now. I'll keep that up for now. And I won't read the backs of the books this time. Um, I'll do that whenever I'm going into the book specifically. So the basic concept of Red Rising, that when we start off, we're with this, um, we're with our main character named Darrow, who is what's called a Red. Now in the Red Rising universe, it is in the you know, regular Earth, Mars, things like that. But in the Red Rising kind of future, um, the entire human race is split up by color. And it's not color like race that we that you may think of today. It's in color in genetics. Now, in this future, every human is genetically altered to a degree. And... That genetic altering put puts you into different classes and different groups. 
Red is one of the lowest class. They're considered the workers, miners, um, unfortunately meant to be expendables. Um, and that's where we find Darrow. And Darrow is a miner on Mars. He's deep in the heart of Mars. And basically what he is, he mines a um, element called um, Helium-3. Now, that's, you probably heard that if you ever read or watch sci-fi movies, they're always using that. Uh, usually there's just the MacGuffin, and usually it's like Helium something as this kind of end-all, be-all resource. But anyway, that's mainly the main resource, and at least what from what Darrow knows is that he's mining this because all the all the resources they're able to get are shipped back to Earth, and then it's then used to help terraform planets. Because from what his understanding and everyone he knows is that he's part of a group of miners that have been sent to Mars to try to mine this, but unfortunately. The surface of Mars is uninhabitable, so the helium that he's uh, that he's um, gathering is going to help terraform not only Mars but other planets and help grow because Earth is becoming uninhabitable. Basically, that's what he understands. Um, so we start with him and like I said, he's red. So he's on the lower echelon. So they're kind of low on the fuel chain and the highest on the fuel chain is gold. Now they're not called red, gold, and you'll, we'll learn several colors in between just because of like a, their hair color and their eyes. But also it's on a gen, like I said earlier, it's on a genetic level and golds are genetically made to be the best. They have great immune systems, they have tough skin, they're also taller, stronger, they have um, a far more bone density. In later books, you'll find out that like reds, uh, sorry, golds can actually go through entire like troops and battalions on their own and barely, and, and can barely be stopped. They can take um, bullet fire. They can um, they can go hand to hand when everyone around them has weapons. They're immensely strong. They can crush people with their bare hands if they wanted to. You know, they're not on the top of the food chain just because they look pretty. They are beasts and apex predators. Um, and you'll find a lot of colors in between. But anyway. In the start of Red Rising, Darrow is doing some mining, and he, when he gets back home, he goes to his wife, and they decide to go into this um, park area that's been constructed by, believe it's the Greys. Now, the Grey is the kind of police force of their society, and that's what it's called, the society. And Greys usually incorporate any kind of law enforcement as well as military. So they go into this restricted area and it's a beautiful park and they take time to be together and enjoy this scenery. But once they get out of that park, um, they're immediately captured and to kind of prove a point uh, because there was a, a gold supervisor there kind of looking on, they actually hang uh, Daryl's wife and 
the normal tradition is that whenever they hang somebody publicly, they're kept out in the public for um, a good while, um, almost like as a reminder. So you can tell that this future is kind of dim. Um, but Darrow barely have barely leaves her up there for a few hours before he sneaks in, gets her, and gives her a full burial. Unfortunately, they find out he did it, and he's he's captured and supposedly killed. Now, in reality, he's not killed. Well, he is killed, but he's actually brought back by another red called Dancer. And he gives Daryl a little bit of a wake-up call. They are, there are colors in the universe, and they are mining that resource that is used for terraforming. But the truth is, humanity has already left Earth hundreds of years ago, and Mars is already populated. Mars, Venus, Mercury... Um, as well as, I believe, uh, moons moons of Jupiter, Saturn, and even outer planets like Uranus and Neptune have already been populated and are populated. They're basically, the Reds are mainly mining resources for everyone else to live in luxury. And Daryl finds out that he's been lied to. He thought that he was mining this stuff to help humanity because they were on the brink and in reality everyone else is uh living it up having a good time so dancer is part of a group called the sons of aries which is an underground um resistance group that's trying to bring um light to how the golds have been um mis- leading and lying to a lot of the lower colors and trying to bring a little bit of uh, balance to this um, to this future. And their strategy is to take Darrow and actually turn him from red into a gold. Now to do it is not just a, a tint of hair, change his eye color, and even change a sigil that's actually Brand, that's actually genetically branded on all people and that has your color. It's changing his entire physiology, his um, basically his DNA to be a gold so that they so that if they did any kind of tests, they would be able to see that he's just a gold. And their idea is to um, have him basically infiltrate, learn and disrupt from the inside and bring the sons of Aries Aries up. And the first book, Red Rising, deals with that a little bit where we, you know, see his transformation to a gold. He's um, introduced into what's called the Institute, I believe, which is where um, I believe when they, when all children turn around, I believe it's around 15 or 16 um, they're taken to this institute where they learn um, basics on survival, on team building, on um, fighting, um, in some cases, 
even killing because the Institute is not a uh, pretty site. They can, they're pretty much allowed to do everything and anything to survive their time in the Institute. And they're left on their own. So they can create their own uh, groups. They can go to war with other groups. They can um, either attack other groups, uh, maim them, and in some cases, legitimately kill them too. It, it's no restriction, and it's kind of taught. It's kind of like uh, explained that it's to um, give them the harsh, like um, realities of what they're gonna face in the real world. And it's very um, battle royale or Hunger Games ish type of scenarios. So the first book kind of goes into that, and you we see how Darrow kind of. Um, talks with other groups, how there are some people he likes, some people he doesn't like. Uh, he, he still has this kind of air with, about him that, oh, I'm really just here to take them on from the inside. So he kind of has this thing where he's forming friendships, but he's under the impression that these aren't going to last. And anybody that I am forming, I'm going to have to turn on them because if they knew the truth, they would kill me outright. So a lot of the book deals with that in his rise. Um, the next book, which is Golden Sun, um, goes over basically after he's done with the Institute, Golden Sun happens when he's now out in the world and now he's commanding ships and he's going on missions for um, his, uh, I believe it's Praetor, his, uh, his backer. But unfortunately, once he gets out, a lot of the a lot of the pedal rivalries that he had in school have become into full blown rivalries out in the real world, where he's either attacked or, in some cases, disgraced out in public, and he has to um, fight and even kill just to um, you know stay alive. Um, so Golden Sun deals with that, and also the kind of rising. Um, of the son of Ares and what's later going to be called the rising of this revolution, uh, re uh, this um, revolutionary group or terrorist group, depending on your um, your stance on them, on how they're trying to be, how they're being brought up, and we also see a bigger uh, picture of the worlds in of the universe in general and we meet all the other and we start to meet all the other colors when the first one is really just the red that they started and the gold we start meeting the not only in in the second book not only the grays but also the blues who are the technicians and pilots of the starships the um i'm trying to think of all of them there's the orange, I think, when they're the mechanics, I believe, and the engineers. You got uh, silver, and I forgot what silver does. And then you also have like obsidians, which are these kind of Hulk-like uh, barbarians that are used as infantry and um, this kind of warrior class. But we start meeting these other characters and also, Darrow starts forming these real friendships. These friendships that, that will last, not only have lasted beyond the Institute, but he starts questioning, you know, what he's really trying to do. Is he trying to just bring down gold? Or is he trying to maybe bring a more 
equality into the universe. Um, so we meet a lot of these people, but unfortunately we also meet some people that will, that unfortunately that he took for granted or he didn't give no mind and become a real threat and become a major problem, not just for him, but for the sons of Aries and really the universe as a whole. On the last book of the trilogy, Morning Star, which has no relation to Morning Star Journal, just a fun uh, coincidence. And, and when you read the books, you'll understand where Morning Star comes from. But Morning Star starts with him at a real low point. Basically, at a point in Golden Sun, he's actually betrayed and he's brought low. Not only is he brought low, but um, the truth of what he is has actually come out. And now it's a question of a lot of his allies. Well, who is this man? Do we really trust him? Can we really go on? And we start seeing that some of the friends he made, even though there are a few that can't quite handle what he is, there's a few people that know him as him, basically. And they're okay with him and they not only want to see him succeed but want to help them because they also see the atrocities that are happening and you know the um, things that need to be changed so morning star is kind of the um if you will like this return of the jedi type uh story where a lot of the forces are gathering um, a lot of people are getting to their end game dara is trying to rise up after um, major setbacks that happen and in the end, um, basically, a it gets to a point where either Darrow uh, dies on his journey or attempts to usher in this new age for the society. Um, I won't go into details on what happens. Um, obviously, if there's two other books, Darrow does live, but you'll have to read uh, Red Rising, Golden Sun, and Morningstar to understand what happens and leads into the new series starting with Iron Gold. Now, um, a friend of mine at work that also reads these books, we always debate on whether you could potentially jump into Iron Gold and just start reading that, or would you have to read the previous three books? Now, the reason why I really talk about that is that in... The first three books, um, Red Rising, Golden Sun, and Morning Star, they're all told in Daryl's point of view. The entire, all three books are just from his view. So when he's doing certain things, you don't know things unless he goes there or he goes to uh, certain planets, certain places. If he's knocked out and he's gone for... Um, a couple of days or in one instance where he was actually been captured, knocked out for several months, then that's several months that stuff has happened that we just don't know about. Um, and mainly because the first three books did center a lot around him. Now, the reason why we have this debate is that when Iron Gold came out, Iron Gold actually doesn't just follow Darrow, it actually follows several people. So now, instead of getting Darrow's point of view, we get Darrow's. We also get, um, I believe, a, a new red that comes in a picture called Liara. Uh, we also follow a 
gold named Lysander, who's actually the grandson of the old sovereign, the one who ran the society um, in the beginning of Red Rising. And we also follow a gray mercenary named Ephraim. And I believe we also follow a a girl named Virginia or Mustang that we do meet in the first three novels, um, Red Rising and so on. And I believe that's the only ones that we follow. There might be some others here and there, but we actually get a bigger, but we actually get a bigger picture of the world in general because it hops between different planets, different situations, and we get to see what's going on, like how the senates are run, how um, our regular class people run, how are the soldiers handling things. We get a lot of different viewpoints and um, different aspects. And in Iron Gold, they do take some time to, like, anytime you come up with something, uh, Pierce Brown does take a moment to kind of explain uh, very briefly on, you know, what this is or what this is about. So I would say that, you know, there's a, you might be able to, but then again, you might be lost in a few things too. So um, in the end... It's worth getting all three books. Uh, I was reading the first three books before you jump into the new series, but I think the new series could potentially be um, started, and then you can go back to the other ones just to kind of see. Okay, well, how did this all uh, come to be at this point? But anyway, Iron Gold um, takes place, of course, a few years after Morningstar, and we learn that um, Darrow is trying to find his place in this new universe. And unfortunately, he's pretty much, because of the events that have happened, he's become this warrior, and he doesn't have a place when it comes to peace. He's just, uh, people are just thinking that he's a warmonger, or he's seeing battles where he doesn't see him, but he also does see battles that are going to happen and he's trying to explain that but there's a lot of people who are just either tired of fighting or don't want to hear it so iron gold really sets up what's happening in this new universe um also going to um a few dangers that are kind of lurking in the background because we have um the Obsidians, the warriors I told you about before, during the initial trilogy, they started to, you know, see this um, rise that's happening with the other colors, and especially Darrow in general. And Darrow actually does something to embolden other Obsidians that you'll read. That if you have a chance to read the books, you'll see what that is, and it emboldens a lot of the Obsidians to break off those chains and become more. But by doing that is also rise to a few obsidians who want to take uh, this opportunity to um, maybe become a little bit more destructive or go with their more baser instincts. And that's causing a major problem. But we get this kind of worldview on a lot of different things and how the um, stage of the core, which is the core planets, which consist of Mercury, Venus, Earth, and Mars, how they're, oh, and also the moon. The moon is kind of considered a separate um, 
kind of governing body itself. And we we start getting a feel of how it's going. But then not only that, we've also got the rim. And the rim are the planets of Saturn, Jupiter, and so on. And their attempts to maybe try to bring their own order. Because they saw the chaos happening within the core. And now they're going to start making their own play. So Iron Gold starts setting up a lot of that. And in their recent Dark Age book, we get a lot of um, battles and aftermaths. Not only that, but we've also got... Um, a group called the Syndicate, which is a a crime syndicate that's been doing some uh, evil doings for a while, but this time they attempted to kidnap Darrow's child, as well as a friend, uh, a good friend of his, their child as well. Um, Dark Age also shows, and it's kind of another middle book because Uh, Darrow finds out that he was right about a lot of these forces, but unfortunately he wasn't able to really stop them or bring the force he needs in time. So this causes a lot of destruction. A lot of his forces are decimated and he's left in a pretty rough state. Uh, But not only that, most of the world is too, because there's a lot of forces that a lot of people didn't see coming. And Dark Age is full of a lot of surprises that even I myself didn't quite see coming. And um, a few return characters that we haven't heard back from a while that we thought had definitive ends in previous books. But mm, apparently maybe we didn't, we didn't see everything that happened. So it's pretty wild. And um, just to sum everything up, I truly recommend this series. If you like sci-fi, you like um, epic sci-fi where you have um, major starship battles, um, almost like Iron Man style body armor suits, lightsabers in a sense because they have these things called razors which are practically lightsabers. They're um, these malleable swords that can be uh, that can change shape and be turned into either a whip or different styles depending on what your what uh, what style you prefer. So um, it's got that. There's even a little bit later we find out that there may be uh, going back to Star Wars. There may be like a force element that uh, very few people have available. So. There's some crazy stuff that's uh, that happens in the series, but also they're very human and they're very um, a lot of them have these human motivations, whether it's love, hate, revenge, um, loyalty, camaraderie, uh, love for their children, love for their parents, love for their um, race, love for their color, per se, or love for their planet. There's a lot of uh, little elements going around that can shift um, the, not only shift the dynamic, but shift loyalties and sides. It's got just about everything you're wanting. And dare I say it, it's got a lot what you'd want if you, if from Star Wars. Sometimes I read this and I'm like, why couldn't Star Wars even get half of what this does, you know, 
even remotely. And um, a lot of these elements, if you're looking for that kind of excitement, then, you know, Red Rising is definitely a book for you. Um, the biggest things I would say is that, like I said, the first three books are just from Darrow's point of view. So it's pretty narrow in that sense. But in the later books, Iron, Gold, and Dark Age, you get more of a broader sense. Now, the kind of downside to that is that a story will start, um, really pick it up, and all of a sudden, you'll shift to a different person. And especially in Dark Age, you'll shift to somebody who's on a different planet. So it's not like you'll shift to somebody else and you'll see that event from somebody else's eyes. You'll shift to a completely different location and then maybe around uh, 10 or 15 chapters later, you'll finally go back to that other person to find out how that actually transpired. Um, that could That does get annoying and frustrating at times because you're like, you want to know what happens to, you know, Daryl was in this major firefight and then all of a sudden, uh, three Republic ships come out and his own forces are down. And I'm actually making this up, but I mean, it's this effect that, hey, this is down. And the last thing he sees is the Iron Rain, which you'll hear about the Iron Rain. And basically what it is, is imagine instead of, imagine, and I'm going to use Marvel in this, imagine you had a thousand Captain America soldiers and all of them in war machine type armor and all of them raining down on a city that's the iron that's what the goal that's what the uh, iron rain is and it's when golds and cityans and greys like go to war and trust me the description is something to hold, and I can't imagine seeing that on screen. Now, speaking of seeing on screen, I've seen a few things that talk about how Red Rising is supposed to be adapted, and they're thinking about adapting it. But the more I read it, the more how they do the colors, and the, at times they do actually... Uh, talk about somebody's skin color. There's a, there's a few times where they will describe somebody in detail, and the skin colors are completely random. Um, you know, just depending on the person. It's not like all golds are this. You know, what we would consider like this race, or all reds are this race. Now, they do use certain um, folklores and. Um, racial takes four different colors, and I think that's more for the gold use it more for control than these are actually what these uh, colors are supposed to be as far as racially for our, um, from our point of view, they're more for like how they just interact with each other and for how the golds can control them in general by giving them either folklores or gods or things like that to put them above all else. Um, but because of that, though, and the way they're designed, I don't think you can do this live action, especially in after um, after the first book, Red Rising. You, you, they do a lot of things in space, like on space stations, asteroids, going between planets, uh, fights with their 
art with their power armor and the razors. I just don't. And then later in the, the um, Iron Gold and Dark Age book, there's times where they're being attacked by beings that can um, survive in space. And they're, um, in, in one case, they're using conventional, I'll say, not to give anything away, they're using conventional land weapons, uh, but for a space battle. There's a lot of things that I'm like, I don't think you can handle this. If you try, if you try to do this live action, you'll be taken. Well, let me raise back. Whenever anything is made from either a cartoon or book to live action, there's things you have to change or edit because, of course, it's live action. You're limited by, well, reality, by physics. You know, you can CG certain things, but there's some things you can't, um, especially if you want to make it look as real as possible. Now, given that... You know, sometimes that works. Sometimes you are able to, you know, get across your point or you're able to do the things you want in live action, but sometimes you're limited and, you know, you can do more if you just animate it. And once you animate one thing, then it kind of becomes, well, once you animate a lot of things. And not only the things I mentioned about before, but also all the different colors in the society, all the different people they're genetically different to a certain degree that, for instance, even a gold woman is taller and more muscular than most of the other colors, like the, the males of the other colors. Um, like a gold woman can stand eye to eye with uh, some obsidians in some cases. Um, there are some cities that are just even taller and more bulkier but um you know there's just like this genetic difference between a lot of the colors that either you'd have to spend a lot of cg on all these different actors to compensate or you would not do it and then i think you lose something on their kind of grandeur and why they're on top more than you know than they're supposed to be but Anyway, I've heard a little bit of things on it. They're trying to make it, but I feel like it's a better, it would be better animated at best. This may be one of those book series that are, that maybe it needs to just stay a book and just, um, we'll just wait for Pierce Brown to make the next book and just go from there. But I would say if they do want to do a visual representation, your better bet would be to, uh, get with a bunch of um, animators and just work on an animated version or a CG <coughs> like a Pixar or um, Final Fantasy uh, Spirits Within style um, you know animation rather than try to attempt a live action at least that's my opinion but as I said I've really enjoyed the series I'll probably give it a few uh, months and then I'm, I'm going to definitely reread at least Iron Gold. I've reread the other three at least three times. I'll probably read Iron Gold again only because there's a few things I need to um, and I want to pick up. And also there's certain characters that um, let's just say in previous books, 
I need to see how we left them to understand why they show them in this light in the in the in this last book, but I'll leave it from there. But we're gonna close it here. So um, I want to thank everyone who's decided to listen to me ramble about the Red Rising series. If you haven't already, I really strongly recommend picking it up. Even though it would be best to start from the very first series, book one, and there's a total of five books, you can potentially um, go into book five, uh, and uh, sorry, book four of Iron Gold and start from there because Iron Gold does give you a broader view. But I will say that um, the first three books, even though they're only uh, talked through Darrow's point of view, does give you a... Um, a more clear picture on what the society and what the universe looks like when Iron Gold starts up. But thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. If you have, as I said earlier, if you have any books or any suggestions that I can either talk about on my next podcast or even just make this podcast better in general, please let me know either on Twitter on Anchor, or uh, send me an email on Gmail. Thank you, and have a great week. Peace.